Hi everybody, happy Wicked Wednesday and welcome to Shivers. Today we're talking about the different types of genres that fall underneath the horror umbrella in general and getting into a little bit deeper of their meanings. I've said before and I'll say it again, all horror movies have deeper meanings than what you see on the screen and that's what makes them really creative artistic types of stories. They're not just scary films or scary stories that make you afraid of looking in your closet at night or afraid of looking under your bed. But what does it mean if you do look in the closet? What does it mean if you do look under your bed? What are you going to find? A lot of times that those things that you might find are deeper than just a ghost, a goblin, or everything in between. So kicking it off, we are going to talk about the monster horror genre. So these are your King Kongs, your Godzillas, um, some of the people would actually say that Shrek is a monster movie. It's really anything that is inhuman that's a monster coming after people. And the deeper meaning with monster movies in particular is this idea of empowerment. It's the monster themselves are representing the bullied, the shamed, the different, and how people treat them in real life. I mean, look at Frankenstein, for example, as just this creature of love. Same thing for the creature from the Black Lagoon, a very old movie, but it's this creature that just wants to love and be happy. And because they look different, society just simply shuns them. So you can watch these movies and start to feel empowered for being different, knowing that you are happier being unique. You're happier and better off being yourself, being maybe the monster and owning that monster within, not being the angry crowd that just fights against something they don't understand. The next one to mention is the vampire genre. This is a genre that is all about overcoming addiction, overcoming the addiction to a toxic relationship, overcoming addiction to drugs, alcohol, really anything that's bad for you. And this is all represented through the vampire themselves. There's all these rules that come with vampires. You have to let them into your house. You have to welcome them into your life. You have to give them permission. Uh, you can't see them in pictures, they can't see themselves in mirrors, and that's all indicative behavior of someone who is toxic, a toxic partner who won't go in a family photo with you, uh, someone who won't even be able to look themselves in the eye in the mirror because they know what they're doing is bad. And this is all very mirrored. This is also why a lot of vampires are these sexy vampires. They're all sultry. A lot of the vampire stories are very uh, romantic in nature and it's because of this man or woman luring in their partner to a horrible situation. A great example of that is Fright Night, one of the newer ones. I know I talked about Fright Night. I absolutely love that movie and I think it's a really great example of how the neighbor next door can have all of these secrets. But he's so sexy and everybody's welcoming him into the neighborhood not knowing what he's doing behind the door. The next genre to talk about is the ghost genre. This is more on the nose than pretty much the rest of them, but it's the idea of coping with loss and lack of communication. So once somebody dies and you have a loved one who leaves you, where do they go? How do you talk to them? How can you talk to them? Can they hear you? I think a really great movie that represents this is The Lovely Bones in that we have Susie Salmon who's dead and we see her perspective through the whole movie from 
the ghost side of things and she's trying to yell at her family and talk to her family and they can't hear her and they are just as frustrated because they lost their young daughter and it's this very sad movie but it's perfect representation of ghost movies in general and the frustration and the sadness that comes from losing someone you can also see that in the movie called the others it's this mother and her two kids and they don't realize that they are ghosts in this house and they're so frustrated because no one's listening to them and no one hears them but it's because they're dead so it's like scary on both sides of the coin the next one i talk about are possession films these are your exorcist movies the actual movie called the possession someone an individual is getting possessed and that's all very representative of mental illness so it's anxiety, it's depression that's creeping in, that's taking over. You have no control of your thoughts. You have no control over your actions. And it feels like you are being possessed. So if you're dealing with mental illness, if you're dealing with emotions that you really just feel like you can't control, you can watch a possession movie and start to channel through some of those feelings and experiences by basically picturing yourself as the main character. What do they do to get out of it? The next one I talk about are haunting movies. This is your haunted house movie. So a little different than ghosts. It's an actual building, a place somewhere that is haunted. And this is very representative of manipulation and false hope. So the idea of like the Amityville Horror House, for example. You have this family who buys this house and puts every dime that they have into this home and the house is haunted. How do we get out? How do we survive? How do we be happy? And all of our money is dumped into this house. And so we're having this family that's dysfunctional. We're having this house that's even more dysfunctional. It's all about the false hope because you think behind closed doors, everything is safe. You can think about that for The Shining as well. They go to this hotel in the, in the mountains and everything should be fine. And it's this we're going to have a great time here where everything's going to be great here. And then they get there and basically all hell breaks loose. And it's because it's, it's all luring you in. It's this manipulation, the false hope that it brings. Zombie movies are next on our list. These are representative of illness and consumerism. So the second zombie movie that was made was in the 1980s. It was, it's after the night of loving dead whatever the next one was but it was shot in a mall in america and that was all representative of the consumerism at that time particularly for the cabbage patch dolls and so the creator of the movie saw all of these people on black friday just going nuts over these dolls and how they were basically not even human anymore just to simply get their hands on them and so he wanted to think about how humans would be if they actually turned into zombies where would they go well it's only natural that they would go to a mall so that's really where that idea came from and the other idea is that zombies represent illness so you have slow moving zombies like walkers in the walking dead they represent the idea of having cancer it's this slow moving illness that creeps in that you can see coming from miles and miles away but you don't think it's going to catch you even though it eventually does and then you have movies like the zombies in world war z where they're just sprinting 
And this is the idea of being shot or being killed very quickly because you barely even see it coming. So that's really what zombies represent. And the last genre to talk about today is the slasher and torture genre. This is all about empathy. These are characters that you actually connect with when you watch these movies. You're yelling at the screen, don't go in there, don't do this, run away. You are feeling for those characters. You are feeling for those people. And sometimes in certain horror movies, you might even be feeling for the killer too. Again, I've said it before, I love Saw. And sometimes you can really feel for the perspective of John Kramer. I understand why he's doing things like that. I understand why he's putting people in these traps. But it gives you a different perspective on who you can connect with and also who you would be in a horror movie, in a slasher film. What character? What actions? What road do you take? How do you survive? The final girl in a lot of slasher movies as well is this idea of woman empowerment. It's the, the innocent turning the strong, the bitch turning the badass. It's this idea that the final girl is the last one alive and will remain alive for most of the franchise, if not all of the franchise. So do you have what it takes to be the final girl or boy in a horror movie? That's the question. So that wraps up our conversation on the in-depths of the horror genres. Thank you for listening to today's Wicked Wednesday. Feel free to check out our meetup page, chock full of different events, virtual and in-person. So no matter where you are, you can join all of the spooky fun.